coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. Uh, we talked about doing our hair and getting dressed before we came on to this. Uh, yeah. Into the podcast. <laughs> the best, yeah, exactly. The best part about that is that you enjoy the process. You take a moment and then whether you put on music or whether you shimmy a little while you get ready, you just build your confidence. You feel good in your body. And when you feel good Something in your body. Something happens when I put on lipstick. I mean, what? I just feel like, pow, I'm here. <laughs> exactly. It means you're going to be seen and you feel confident to be <laughs> yeah. seen, you know? And yeah. for men, it may not be lipstick, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's having a clean face or grooming your beard or shaving. Yeah. Welcome to the show from the The MD MD and Chef Team. Team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef Team. And who are you? I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. (laughs) Yes. Well, then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. We like like to have fun, fun too. So let's get on with the show. Hello, Jane. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Isabel. And how are you? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful, bright, sunny spring day here in New Zealand. Where are you? I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, and we had a beautiful um, fall-like day. But in the South, it's still like summer. So it makes me real happy. Is it humid where you are? It can be like in the summer. Right now it isn't. Right now it's just beautiful. But this is our most challenging season because um, we're still in hurricane season here. Fortunately, we have been spared. Um, I'm sure you've mm. heard the Gulf of Mexico has, uh, there's been a lot of a lot of issues there. But this year we've been spared. We don't end until November, but we're having glorious weather. And I love the beach like you do. And so How I did you know? <laughs> How did I know? I just knew. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, lots of opportunity to, to be out and about. And Charleston is a wonderful historic city. And uh, we wish the travel leisure would stop I know. telling everybody to come here. No, really, we love that people love it as much as we do. But yeah. um, I'm originally from New York. So we moved here uh, quite a while ago and so happy to be here. Good. I love your your dress. It's really pretty. I love the colors. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it would be something bright. I did see one of your um your podcasts. I'm like, oh, she's got that pink background. I got to show up with something. <laughs> well, you know, do you know what this is? This is material that I found in a fabric store, and I was like, I got to have it, babe. I just got to have it. And he goes, okay, it. it's your show. It. Go for it. <laughs> love that. You put your own stamp on things. Yeah, at first I thought, oh, people are going to get turned off, but oh well. It's all about color and life and love. So, Jane, Absolutely. how about how about if I introduce you to the to our listeners? Is that okay? That would be great. Thank you. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Isabel, and welcome to the MD and Chef Team podcast. Today we've got Jane Dye, and I want to talk to you about her. I want to tell you a little bit about her, and then she's going to share your story. She's got an amazing story that's going to give you hope and clarity for your life. That is our, that is our goal. Okay. 
All right. So Jane is a highly experienced and trained professional nurse. Good on you, girl. (laughs) And is a holistic health coach, health and wellness advocate, speaker and workshop presenter. As a master facilitator of diet and lifestyle habit change, Jane knows that information is not well created. I'm sorry, Jane knows that information is not what creates transformation. So true. What creates transformation is an innovative approach that helps people to be different without remembering to be different. So it kind of like becomes a habit, right? Exactly. I love that approach. She knows this to be true, both personally as well as professionally, having had serious health challenges, which we're going to hear about, right? Mm-hmm. Great. Throughout her life, which were transformed into vibrant health and happiness through the methods and techniques she now shares with her clients and her audience. Thank you so much. Welcome, Jane. Thank you, Isabel. It's a pleasure to be here. Can I ask you a question? Of course, that's what we're here for, right? How old do you want to live up to be? How old do I want to live up to be? Yeah. Um, Well, I did one of those assessments once in a training, and it looks like I'm bound for 96. And that's how old my mother-in-law will be this month, and my mother lived to 94. So that's about another 30 years from now. So, yeah, I think that'll be good. And maybe even 100, huh? Maybe even. Maybe (laughs) even. It would be really nice to see triple digits. As long as you're healthy and happy and you get to be surrounded by light and love in your life, why not? Absolutely. And the key is with what you and I are sharing now is that we are in control of our health. We can make sure that we get into our 90s, our late 90s, maybe even 100 well. So. So do you mind sharing with us a little bit about, well, whatever you feel like sharing about your story, because, you know, you and I in the medical field go through hard times in the training. Wow. I can't believe it even started long before that. Oh, okay. Tell you a little bit how I got to where I am. So for most of my life, I've been considered healthy. However, I've had amazing health challenges even before I was born. So my mother um, always told me that my birth was a miracle because she endured a pregnancy with a uterine tumor, um, which surgery was recommended and um, for the delivery to save her life and hopefully to save mine. Um, the doctor said they would just wait and see how it developed. But around the seventh or eighth month, she started getting really anxious because she had two other children at home and a father who didn't really know how to be a primary caretaker. And she was concerned. She said, you know, I've got a, got a plan for this. Tell me you know, what are we doing here? And I said, well, I didn't want to tell you prematurely, but the tumor's gone. It's dissolved. Go home and have a happy, healthy baby. So my mother later told me that she thinks that that was the beginning of my health journey, that I was meant to understand this and and to work with people who have interesting um, health challenges. But not too long after that, they brought me home and I suffered from multiple seizures a day. So much to dismay, they went to, you know, all traditional healthcare practitioners to find a way to stop the seizures and nobody had the answers. So um, on every other measure, I was growing normally, everything was fine. And they finally took me to my uncle, who was a chiropractor, and he did spinal adjustments and my seizures went away and they have not recurred for my entire life. Interesting. 
Yeah. So these stories really ignited my fascination at a very, very young age with how the body works. And it started me on this path of like loving science and health and wellness. And I ultimately wanted to understand what contributes to illness and disease in the body and how um, the body can heal itself with or without intervention. Um, so from an early age, you could find me as a regular in the library, uh, reading about physical and mental health and well-being and trying to understand the connections between them. So most of what I read, as I'm sure most of us, it was about pathology, right, and, and, and treatment, um, and not how we could actually make changes in our own diet and lifestyle to bring about greater health. So it was something that really cures. And then... Um, it was I was a preteen that I started reading about what was going on with processed foods. And I was horrified when I found out like what things like hot dogs and other things that everybody was eating, what was in those foods. And so I showed the, showed the information to my parents that allowed me at that time, I became a vegetarian. <laughs> uh, wasn't a really popular choice, but it, it was this whole way of experimenting with how we get well mm-hmm. and understanding that it started with food. Unfortunately, in my teens, I was influenced by a popular culture and friends and really ended up being persuaded to, you know, looking at magazines and other things that had women um, to be beautiful. You had to be skinny, which led me to adopt some practices of disordered eating. And like so many other teenage girls, you know, I lived on very little food um, for an entire day. I ignored my hunger. I ignored my energy levels and occasionally ate foods that I knew didn't make me feel well in my body, mm. but ate them anyway, because that's what everybody did, because you wanted to get along. So I would eat all the things. I know you're originally from the States. I mean, all the things that were popularized. At that oh, time. We, we have them here in New Zealand, too. <laughs> I'm sure you do. No place has been able to escape no. it, right? And, and so I didn't really understand the serious health consequences of what I was doing and again, wanting to be that ideal thin, you know, uh, model-like girl started with some serious disordered eating, some binging, some purging. Unfortunately, uh, I had somebody who confronted me. And it was such a wake-up call that I was able on my own to just stop that behavior, to look at what it was. And it was the beginning of really changing everything. Who, who uh, confronted you? Um, a, a friend of mine. I was in a, a women's fraternity. And Good. She found me, and of course, I denied everything, but internalized it enough and thanked her later for, for really Good. stepping up and, and doing what was really very hard mm-hmm. to do. But thank God that did not last, and it also made me understand what women and, and, and girls were going through and the kind of pressures they were feeling mm-hmm. that did cause them to feel anxious and, and depressed. Um, but it was during that time when I was in college that I had the privilege of being instructed by Dr. Sarah Short. I don't know if you're familiar. She's a was a brilliant and innovative professor of nutrition. She made nutrition like fun and sexy. Like oh. the whole the whole university wanted to take her course because she did some really fun things. So there is where I really started to learn uh, concepts around nutrition, and I reflected back on my mother, who is Italian as is my father and the Mediterranean diet and the way we ate at home was such a beautiful way to eat. Um, it was an experience to eat in my Italian home. And it was something that I, I embraced again, but then I had these issues with gastritis and mm. labyrinthitis on separate occasions. And of course I got treated by traditional medicine and that only caused more problems. 
I you know, know. I was all of a sudden, you know, I was just left me confused too as to what I could do to prevent as well as heal, you know, from these conditions and understanding at that point that inflammation was at the root cause. And this was not helping to solve inflammation. So that's when I realized I needed to understand the principles and the concepts of preventive medicine, anti-inflammatory diet, and lifestyle to adopt them and share them with others. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful that that foundation in functional medicine and integrative medicine is just just understand it's all about inflammation. Well, 90% of it is inflammation. You know, figure it out. And then why are you on fire? If you're right. on, because that's the way I explain inflammation. Do you explain that too? It's just on I fire. Do. Your body's I do. on it's fire. It. Absolutely. And so how do you put out the fire? So part of it was that resolved. But then when I was in my 50s, all of a sudden it showed up, inflammation showed up again in my life in the form of seborrheic dermatitis. Mm. Of course, I went to a dermatologist and all she wanted to give me was steroids. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fine. So they put it, put it on where it was on my face and take that bag off my head that you know, I had to wear so people yeah, were yeah. alarmed. But I ended up going to an allergist and finding out that I had skin allergies to a lot of personal care products and other ingredients in things that we use around our home and in our yards. And then I found out that I had food sensitivities by testing. And once I addressed and eliminated those things from my diet and my lifestyle, like magic, it all calmed down. The fire was put out. I was able to resume my life. And it gave me, again, even more fuel to take this into the world and share with people. And so now when people notice, they think that I'm youthful and I'm vibrant, even at my age, I'm 64 now. Yay, Uh, girl, you're looking hot. Thank you. I'm feeling great. Not hot like inflammation, but Spicy, like, <laughs> like sexy, sexy, strong spicy. hot. <laughs> like spicy food. I know I read that you like tacos and things of that sort. So oh, like yeah. spicy food. So anyway, you know, to, thrilled to know how to create um, conditions that help me to continue to be resilient and thrive in the years ahead and, you know, and help my children because they've had, they've had their issues as well. Mm. So one of the greatest experiences was with my husband who found himself in an inflammatory state. He had high cholesterol and his uh, physician at the time wanted him to go on a statin. And he knew how I felt about that particular medication when you first should try diet and lifestyle. And he worked with me. And in three months, he was able to lose 30 pounds, drop his cholesterol 100 points, his triglycerides 100 points, have normal blood pressure, no more inflammation in his basketball knees. He played basketball in college, you know, and didn't have seasonal allergies anymore or yearly respiratory infections, all from just changing a little bit about diet and lifestyle. And um, he was a pretzel and a cookie addict. He ate a lot of, um, you know, uh, inflammatory foods. And he never thought that that could actually cause so much of what the problems he was experiencing. Um, so together we, we have created this incredibly healthy lifestyle um, and shared with our children as well. And it's all the things that I know that um, you write about and you talk about and understanding. Um, there was a concept when I studied of primary foods, those foods that are healthy relationships, our uh, fulfilling work or career, our physical activity, and some sort of spiritual awareness or practice that really helps us to connect with ourselves and with others in the world. 
And it's, it's just uh, been an incredible journey that continues, um, learning about what we can do, working with other um, passion and experienced professionals like yourself to have a collaborative and coordinated effort to bring greater health and happiness to all the people that we meet. Mm, very good. What a journey. What a story. But I love that you're, you're making your mess into your message to help other people have hope, you know, and say, hey, we can do this. Absolutely. And, you know, you and I have been trained in conventional medicine. So we know, like, we're, we're very much at an advantage because we know the benefits of that side, but we also know the benefits of the integrative health, holistic health side. And I mean, it takes... I mean, you and I have put in a lot of extra training, haven't we? <laughs> we have. But it, you know, it, it yields so much dividends because, you know, know. When, when people know that you understand on a very deep and personal level, the struggle that they have, you know, it really makes the difference. I mean, the greatest problem in health and wellness is compliance. Getting I know. Up, right. To do what we should do. Um, and, and to be different without remembering to be different. And that is because we take time to provide guidance and support. And you need experiential exercises and action steps and support and accountability to help people be seen and heard and to make their own discoveries. So as a coach, you know, I mean, I certainly make recommendations, but all the answers are inside of everyone. It's mm-hmm. just my job to help them figure out what are the right steps for them. So to watch them truly transform, to have that experience is the most fascinating and thrilling thing I feel I can do. It's, 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 it's to watch people shift and unfold and become more themselves. It is. It's so cool. When they put in the effort and the work, you know, because we're just, we're just the outside, you know, they're on the inside. They've got to apply the stuff. Yeah, what I've really found, and, and some of my, my, my mentors and my teachers have changed my perspective on that to understand that when somebody um, isn't showing up for their wife the way they need to, it's usually because there's some fear, and it's probably unconscious, that they're going to lose something or someone of value if they make the change. Hmm. Like, they're going to be in denial and deprivation. So it's really great and fun to watch people take teeny tiny steps that are like, well, that was okay. I survived that. And now I could try something else and discover. Usually people come to me wanting something and they leave with a completely different experience than what they originally thought they were coming for. Mm -hmm. because they were finally able to just be real with themselves and with me in a way to see where all of it fits, right? Whether it's diet, whether it's lifestyle. And one of the things we were going to do today is talk about habits. I mean, human beings are creatures of habit, right? So much of what we think and say and do result of habits firmly established in our minds and body through years of repetitive behavior, right? So into our limbic system, which has got such a great, such a great memory center. And we've got to kind of like change, change that and make, exactly. I'm sure you're familiar. And if the audience isn't um, wonderful book is Candace B. Per uh, PhDs, molecules of emotion. 
and the research she did and into understanding how emotions manifest on our cells, either creating health or promoting illness. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it. So if, if the habits we possess can even move us forward, right? Or they can set us back. Um, so the state of the quality of our lives is like a direct reflection of those habits, right? Mm-hmm. What we do every day. So if we're feeling stuck, um, stressed, unhealthy, lack energy, or have our habits might be what's standing in the way of our feeling our best. So I love to work with my clients to do what I call crowding out harmful habits from your life by focusing on the positive ones that you can put in to create a healthier, happier you in mind, body, and spirit. So it starts in the morning. So if you want to talk about some of I do, I do. Yes, I was actually going to ask, can you show us, can you teach the listeners and me how to crown? Uh, how to crowd out. So crowding out crowd is just out. meaning it, but, but, but that you naturally put in good things, mm-hmm. which crowd out the things that you want less of. So it's mm-hmm. not this whole thing of having to say no, to use willpower. It's about taking little steps and discover, making new discoveries. So for example, energizing habits in the morning. I want to start the tone of the day as you rise in the morning to be really um, positive and energized. And the first thing I would suggest if you want to start your day that way is to start the morning tech free. All right. So many of us jump on our phones, our computers, our tablets, our TVs. And what it does is it, when you start your day that way, um, with all those devices or any one of them, it cultivates like a reactive mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not as relaxed and, and proactive as we can be with our day. So I think you need to start your day. And this is something I practice in a place of inner peace and calm, not a defensive staff. So depending upon how much time you will permit, because this is all planning into your day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 10 to 20 minutes to just like greet the day with present moment awareness, some gratitude for a new day, whether that's throwing off, you know, your curtains and looking out the window and seeing the sunshine or even the rain and you know whatever it may be and looking at that new day when you naturally are in gratitude what do you do you smile and the smile just sets off right um on signals of brain to release all those feel-good neurotransmitters or dopamine and our serotonin and our endorphin and they lift your mood they relax your body right and they even lower your heart rate I just want to say something that we've got in our bedroom is in yellow, because I love color, on on yellow construction paper, right down the front of the wall is today's going to be the best day of my life. Something good's going to happen to me today and something good's going to happen through me. And so that's the first thing I say before I even get out of bed is today's going to be the best day of my life. Something good's going to happen to me today and something good's going to happen through me just so that my brain is ready for that kind of energy. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know if Dr. Wayne um, Dyer was the first one to say it, but you know, people always say things like, Oh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, if you flip that on its on its ear and say, "You got to see it before you believe it." Yeah. yeah, I know. So it's it's all with belief. So if you believe you're going to have a great day, you're already starting a wonderful practice. It really does work. It really does work. And what I like to do is I like to do intentional breathing or other types of exercises like meditation. Once again, to have some mindfulness, just incorporating some sort of practice, um, whether it's breathing techniques or just a small amount of gratitude, the practice that you have, I think is wonderful. 
You can do it lying in your bed. You could be sitting up, whatever makes you feel comfortable as you wake up. And deep breathing, as you know, stimulates the vagus nerve uh, to get into parasympathetic with more love and connection. So it's, it's like a muscle, right? When you do that, the more you connect with that part of your, of your relaxation and, and restorative system. So, um, you know, and during the meditation, if you're not doing what you're doing, you can set that clear intention for the day, which you did, and just have a choice of how you want your day to go because you've already are expecting it to go so well. So, um, well, another thing that's really important, we're going to talk about the physical body too, is hydrating yourself, right? So after a night's sleep, the body needs hydration. So drinking a glass of water in the morning is a great way to start the day so that we can feel well. Um, I, I also um, recommend that they put in a pinch of Himalayan or pink salt in there, just a pinch, just yeah. because you can be drinking water and be dehy- and still dehydrate because the water, you're just urinating it out. But the pink Himalayan salt, which has got good electrolytes, will help you absorb. So just a yeah. little pinch. And how many glasses of water do you recommend when people wake up and have? Because oh. they've been sleeping for seven to eight hours. So the thing about that is we're going to get back to compliance. So I always start really <laughs> small. So I make it, a, I, I make it a, an, an opportunity to just try it. And then people say, well, what if I want more? And I'm like, great, be an overachiever. Have as much as you want. But I say at least one six to eight ounce glass of water yeah. when you rise. Can have. I love Himalayan salt. That's great. Also, you could put a little lemon if you want in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it freshens your breath. And then get on with your day. Um, so whether that some people feel accomplished when they make their bed. They just feel like they've cleaned their space. They've organized. Other people, it's not important. But that's one of the practices that some people really like to do to just see a clean space. It kind of feels organized and kind of feel ready to take on your day. Mm-hmm. Something that I know that's important to you, that's important to me, is engaging in some sort of enjoyable physical activity right at the start of the day. Whether that's just stretching, whether that's doing deep breathing, whether that's dancing while you're getting ready for your morning, you know, or actually doing some physical activity if you created the space for it, to walk, to do yoga, to do weightlifting, whatever it is that you like. But I really focus on enjoyable physical activity. We don't want anything that people feel is drudgery or, you know, that they have to go to the gym and do this long, complicated workout. That's not what we're talking about. It's just literally moving your body to feel good in, 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 your, in your space. Um, grooming yourself, right? For great appearance. Uh, we talked about doing our hair and getting dressed before we came on to this, uh, yeah. into the podcast. <laughs> the best, yeah, exactly. The best part about that is that you enjoy the process. You take a moment and then whether you put on music or whether you shimmy a little while you get ready, you just build your confidence. You feel good in your body. And when you feel good Something in your body. Something happens when I put on lipstick. I mean, right? I just feel like, Pow, I'm here. <laughs> exactly. It means you're going to be seen and you feel confident to be seen, you know? And yeah. for men, it may not be lipstick, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's having a clean face or grooming your beard or shaving, yeah. whatever it is, putting on a really great shirt that makes you feel good in your body. Yeah. Of course, eating a healthy breakfast, if you're somebody who likes to eat breakfast, is critical. And, you know, it is an important meal of the day. Don't want to do it till later. The whole idea is when you take time to break the fast, which is breakfast, right? That you have whole, real, nutrient-dense foods with protein, complex carbohydrates, 
fiber, good fats. So you'll have energy to go through your morning. So you'll feel like you can make it to the afternoon. Maybe a short list of your top priorities, just two or three, that this is what you really want to accomplish in that day Mm -hmm. so that you can focus on it, show up, get it done and feel good. So by the time we get to the afternoon, which sometimes can be very busy and chaotic, we, we can also feel some low energy at that time. So it can be demotivating. So to feel less, um, feel low and less productive. So taking a break again, um, away from your desk, taking a break away from tech, you know, having some quiet time. I mean, we're so used to being on the schedule, even in a pandemic environment, we still mm. seem to be on this, this um, very intense schedule, whether you're actively working or you're taking some time off, we don't create the space. I want to say just- that is so important. Yeah. I, and that's something that I had to learn the hard way that from 3.30 to 4.30, I'm off. Like, I'm off. My phone's yeah. off. I'm laying in bed. I'm reading something positive. It's got to be positive. And then I'll take a nap, you know, it may be Mm -hmm. 20 minutes, it may be 10 minutes, but I just need that hour because, Mm -hmm. you know, in our lives, we keep going until nine o'clock at night. Right. And that's just it. And for each person, we have to find our own biochemical individual needs. Mm -hmm. So, but the key is relaxation, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. So if you can take a break for lunch, great, take a break for lunch. And if you're only taking 10 minutes, maybe bump it up to 15 or 20. In any event, take a few deep breaths before you eat. Get into a relaxed state so you can slow down to enjoy the experience and better digest your food efficiently, right? Quiet time like you've planned for yourself, whatever that means, whether that's a walk. Certainly time in nature is so restorative. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if you're indoors, you can enjoy just focusing on your breathing, taking time to either read something, maybe journal, meditate, or just even listening to soothing music, something that breaks up that activity during the day. Very, very important. Self-care is so important. Right. So there's fun ways also to do self-care because sometimes people think all this is going to be very heavy and we have to give up things. So what do we add in? So if people are going back, either eating out now, whether it's with um, work or with their friends, do an online search for some healthier options, new places that you'd like to spice up your, um, your routine and have healthier menu options. You know, maybe it's a time to try something new because novelty is energizing, right? Do something new, go someplace new, switch it up. Really helps to energize us during the yeah. day. You know, changing it, the, changing yeah. it up, I say. You're absolutely right. You know, it could be something simple. If you like the place you always go, maybe order something different. Or maybe if we're going to use the, the concept of crowding out to bring more healthy foods into our diet, maybe you just add a serving of produce to your meal that you didn't add before, you know, to, to bring in some really healthy, healthy, natural and fresh foods. Um, you're really, ones, you're really talking about tiny steps, baby really steps, really tiny. Steps. Well, really tiny. Yeah, yeah. Because people, people, you know what? I just realized this after being a doctor for 31 years, people are afraid of taking big steps because they're afraid of failure. So the way, so the way you're saying it is little baby steps is mm-hmm. anybody can do a baby step. Exactly. That's why we don't say how much water you need to have in the moment. Cause if you're not drinking water in the moment, drinking any water in the moment 
is going to be helpful. That's why I don't say take that hour break. If you haven't even taken five minutes, the idea of taking an hour is just unimaginable. It's unthinkable. We just can't take that big a leap. But what I like to share with clients is that I believe that there is no such thing as failure, just feedback. Did it Mm. work? Let's see if it worked. So one of the greatest things we can do to, to support our energy is to seek out micro-connections with people. I don't know if you've had the pleasure of reading the book Cured by Dr. Michael Rediger. It's a fabulous book about spontaneous healing and remission. And he was able to share that research shows that having short interactions with people have a positive effect on your health and longevity. Like so how? Like what kind of short interactions? Um, just like if you're going out and say you happen to see a mom strolling a baby and you say to her, oh, it's such a beautiful day to be out for a stroll. And she said, yes, are you enjoying the day too? And you say, yeah, I've got all this energy today and I'm really looking forward. I'm going to be meeting a friend later for lunch, whatever it may be. Right. Maybe when you talk to, if we're actually going places in person, you talk to um, the woman behind the counter at the post office, you know, and you make a comment about, her day, your day. But it's just joy that comes with those micro connections. They actually do um, um, stimulate the vagus nerve again for those Hmm. real moments of connection. Um, And it's like moving that muscle again. And um, it activates parasympathetic nervous system to help you rest and relax. Um, And just for the listeners, the parasympathetic um, Jane's talking about the autonomic nervous system and in the autonomic nervous system, there's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, the sympathetic, just think stress highway, the parasympathetic mm-hmm. think mellow, kickback, happy highway. And okay. so we always want to be more in the parasympathetic highway, the mellow, happy kickback highway, because we're already naturally in the stressed <laughs> out highway. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm so glad you you made that distinction. Thank you. Because that's what all of these habits are about. It's finding more ease and flexibility and getting into groove and how you experience things. And that usually comes through present moment awareness. And that's what all of these things do. Let you be right where you need to be. So guess what the next thing in the afternoon is? Take that tech break again. So we, you know, we try not to start the morning with the tech time like you did to, to get away. I mean, 60 minutes is ideal, but I find that when people, if they're so attached, even five minutes for them to have that little bit of an experience can be enough for them to just have a, an aha, an awareness. I have to make a confession. It's not always 60 minutes, but that's my goal. I always have <laughs> right. these goals. But see, isn't that great? So if your goal was 60 minutes and you still got 30, you're happy, still doing- Happy, happy, yeah. I'm happy. Exactly. And some days it will be easier to do and some days will be harder. But knowing what the end result is, knowing that you are a happier, more relaxed you, you're able to show up to whatever you do, being more yourself. Mm. You're a more intense listener. You are somebody who can can be present for the other person as well is so important. Yes. So again, hydration throughout the day, because 75% of Americans, not sure about New Zealanders, are chronically dehydrated. And what your listeners may or may not know is that thirst signals dehydration and that can lead to fatigue and foggy memory. But that's already 20, you're already 20% dehydrated when you're thirsty. So you don't want to get to that point. You want to prevent that place. it, It takes time to get hydrated. I mean, you don't just drink a glass and get rehydrated, you know, it takes time. So don't wait until you're thirsty. 
Right. So that's why I like to encourage people to have a reusable water bottle they can have with them. If you're at a desk, maybe fill up a pitcher, have a glass. I always have a glass of water or herbal tea or something right with me so I can do exactly what you suggest. I've even had people set up reminders so they stand up and refill their water container. So it just helps them to, pre- to prevent sitting also for long periods of time. I'm yeah. sure you've heard, and maybe your listeners have heard, that years ago, sitting was dubbed as the new tobacco. So all of these things are additive to help us feel mm-hmm. more energized. And then lastly, in the evening, we really do want to have a routine that helps nourish our minds and our body and spirit for relaxation again and to prepare for restorative night's sleep. So I think you might share my feeling that sleep is one of the most underrated health behaviors and one that we get great rewards for not engaging in. And the problem is sleep makes all the difference. But before we get to sleep, there's a few things we can do that really make our evening wonderful. So enjoying a home-cooked meal is one of those things. And home cooking can be relaxing and nourishing. I mean, you have the great advantage of having an amazing chef to um, help you with inspired and delicious meals. But he wasn't little- a chef at the beginning 41 years okay. ago. He was a okay. dishwasher and I was a waitress. So we've come a long way. <laughs> I'm sure. That's wonderful. I love hearing that because, again, from humble beginnings, right, you can yeah. really expand and learn and share in ways that's really nourishing for both of you. But the thing that's great about home-cooked meals is that you're going to be getting fresh and hopefully local and organic ingredients and things that really um, make inspire you to eat well. There's so many resources. We won't go into it right now. But even the concept of you can cook great meals and then eat them two or more times Mm -hmm. somewhere in the next few days, making room for you to have that relaxing meal and have more nutrition than you might get in takeaway foods. Right. Yeah, like like Chef Michael last night made this just like that. He made this amazing vegetable tomato soup with exactly. hot with hot sauce and some pesto and garlic and turmeric and ginger. And he made this huge pot. And I go, babe, mm-hmm. are we having that tonight? And he goes, Yeah. So we just like have it, you know, for right. a couple of nights. It's beautiful. Exactly. And you could alter it. You could add things to it. You can create a new flavor sensation, <laughs> yeah. but you have that food there. But, you know, and if cooking is totally out of somebody's wheelhouse, you know, they can do some research for really healthy local delivery options. You know, there's a lot now here and probably there, too. Um, There's meal planning. um, But to have food that's that's home cooked, whether you do it or you have somebody else do it, really does change up our evening. Mm-hmm. We want to eat dinner if we can at an earlier time. Um, not always possible, but it make it light and relaxing. So we have plenty of time for our food to digest before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So important. Um, I mean, there was a there, so much conversation about people who have gastroesophageal reflux. And so much of that is because they eat and they go to bed. So you need to actually be upright um, to help that digestive process, right? So um, the other thing is, um, avoiding or eliminating, eliminating alcohol and caffeine, right, in the evening, um, disrupting our, our circadian rhythm, our natural rhythms for sleep, um, and creating a bedtime ritual. You know, we all had some sort of, or most of us did when we were young, this great way that led up to sleep time. And as adults, that really helps us too. And it doesn't need to be 
you know, long and complicated. It can just be something that signals the body that it's time to unwind. So maybe 30 and ideally 60 minutes before we go to bed, get off of all of your electronics again. Shut down all that blue light that doesn't allow our melatonin to be uh, secreted and used to help us fall asleep and stay asleep. Take a hot bath, you know, have a cup of hot tea, great conversation with, you know, your partner or people in your life. Um, Gentle stretches, self-massage, couple massage, yoga, light reading, soothing music, meditation, prayer. They just all help you relax to get a restorative night's sleep and sleep in a cool, in a dark room. Uh, We want to try to get to bed by 1030 in the evening. And again, I try to be flexible about that a little half an hour here and there, because that's just going to allow you to work with your circadian rhythm. So you feel energized um, with the sun in the morning, like you do. Um, And gratitude. Um, I think the practice. Absolutely. That's one of the uh, things before I go to bed, my husband and I just think, okay, God, what went well today? And just be grateful for the things that went well. Because when you acknowledge it, you know, you asked at the beginning, well, I ask in the beginning of the day, today is going to be a great day. Well, then let's talk about at the end, what was so great, you know, be grateful for it. Absolutely. And and that's supported by research, because there's a strong correlation between gratitude and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, studies show people who practice gratitude report feeling optimistic and generally um, better about their lives. Um, and it also leads to better sleep healthier relationships, and a stronger immune system. I mean, yeah. people don't realize how that connects. Yeah. Um, so again, like we could do it like you do it with, with Chef Michael, that you have this conversation, but people can also journal about it. They can write little um, gratitudes and put it in a jar and, and look at it later. Or they can even write a letter to someone of gratitude, even if they have no intention of ever sending it. Mm-hmm. you know, to share how they feel. Because when you are in gratitude, you just can't be in a state of lack. You can't, no. You just can't. So all of these practices, and I'm sure you have many more, all these little steps you can take, even if you were to just to do one tomorrow or tonight, yeah. you know, that you would be able to do to just be able to start building ways to energize your life by relaxing. People don't realize that that is really the key, but certainly great food, great relationships, physical activity, and some mindfulness, awareness, and gratitude practices all really help us show up and create outcomes that we really thought were unimaginable or unattainable. Absolutely. You just got to wake up and realize you're in control. You know, people... They are in control. If not, the world's going to be in control over you. And uh, it's war out there over your time or over your eyes, over your health, over your mouth, over your stomach, over what you smell. I mean, you've got to just take control and say, no, I'm going to fight this war. That's the way I see it is I'm going to fight this war and I'm going to win. And the fact is there are plenty of people like yourself and me who are ready to help people who want to shift their world. They want to transform to be a happier, healthier man, you, mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And they have so much power to change. It really comes with just the desire to change. And, and helping them know, tap into that too, that you absolutely. got the power. You are mm-hmm. not hope. You are not powerless. You're in, con- you can be in control. You just got to plug in. 
you do, but sometimes we really need a lot of help. And oh, sometimes yeah. it does take somebody to to listen and be there for us. And, and hopefully there are people in your personal life, but there are professionals who are ready and able to guide you in making the best decisions for yourself by helping draw out of you what you really want and how you can go about getting that in really simple, easy, sustainable ways without denial and deprivation. It's all about the happiness, the fun, and tapping into the things that really make you you. I mean, I saw on your website, you talked about your jams and the other things that that really make a difference in your day. Yeah. And that's what we can help people discover their own unique way to approach their days. And it can keep evolving. So it can always be something as we get older to be wildly open to new adventures and, 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 and look forward to living to a hundred because there's always going to be something that we can learn and something that we can share and really just be present with people to enjoy great conversations like this. Yeah. And, and live to be a hundred good. Yeah. Thinking, oh, yeah. thinking well, breathing well, living well, exercising, walking. Um, anyway, Jane, thank you so much for this. I appreciate it. You've just done like a whole 24 hours for people on a good way to take good care of themselves. Where can people find you? Where where can they reach out and touch you and get your help? In a lot of places. The easiest is through my website, which is my name. So it's just janekdye.com. But you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and a lot of other platforms that people feel comfortable using. What I love to do is just have somebody reach out. I do a free initial consultation, just an opportunity to, to have a chat and see whether or not it makes sense for us to spend more time together going forward. My goal always at any conversation is hopefully to provide some sort of insight and appreciation um, or some sort of gratitude for um, um, their lives and, and the connections that they can make going forward. Great. Thank you so much. And that will all be all the links will be in the show notes, everyone. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jane, for your time. Now that's Jane, J-A-N-E, and then Dye, D-Y-E, 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 D-Y-E. <laughs> Not D-I-E, D-Y-E, D-Y-E. Oh, there's a whole other story that happened with that cat <laughs> when I was in there. But that's for another day and another time. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, everyone. Thank you, listeners, for joining me. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef team, your host, and we've been together with Jane Die. Thank you so much, Jane. You all have a super fantastic day. Mwah! Have a wonderful day. And remember, shine that gorgeous smile of yours out in the world because we so need it, okay? Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribe to the podcast and left us a review.